Well, hello, everyone. We're going to be continuing the story in Genesis, chapter 46, and part of 47, of Joseph and his family and how they move in with him down in Goshen. But, once again, this is going to be a two-parter. We kind of felt like the story in chapter 46 kind of bled into chapter 47. Well, well you'll, you'll get the point. Now, without any further ado, this is part one in Genesis chapter 46 and part of 47 called Welcome Home. All right, everyone, today we're going to be reading in Genesis chapter 46. At this point, Joseph has finally, finally revealed himself to his brothers. And Pharaoh was like, hey, I want you to give them whatever they need, Joseph, to go get your father, Jacob, and his whole family. You guys are going to move in next door in Goshen. Right now, we're, we're just going to start off with uh, 46.1, and we'll dive in head first. Let's go. And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in a vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here am I. Sorry. Pause there and back up. I love Tom's Bible. Oh, you, oh, you got <laughs> Tom's. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, He's here in not, spirit. That totally threw me. Yes, he is. I love Tom. Tom, Tom's Bible, by the way, for you guys who don't yeah, know, like one side does the NIV and the other side's the King James, or like, New King that James. didn't sound right. So, okay. Let me, uh, I'll start at the here I am part. Okay. And he said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, and they had got, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. Okay, hold on, hold on a second. Okay, so before you get into that, because I know this is going to be a lot of like genealogy type yes, stuff. Yes, definitely fun. Let's talk about something before we get too far. He said here, like in verse one, it said, okay, so Israel, meaning Jacob. So this is, once again, this is, and you guys the remember the flop. difference. It, t it keeps flipping between, what did you say? The name flop. Yeah, yep. the name flop. Thank you. Uh, the name flop keeps going from Jacob to Israel, Jacob to Israel. So apparently this is a time when it's Jacob is doing what he should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Right, right. <laughs> so, and, and he offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. Why do you think there's such specificity about the God that the sacrifices are going toward? Don't we already know that already? Wow. In the narrative, I mean. I, I think because of how Egypt had so many gods, okay. I think God emphasized the fact that it had nothing to do with those gods that had and in the other thing I like about this part of the chapter here too is the fact that they were in Beersheba. What, what's the significance of Beersheba? The the name of of uh, now and I got to remember the what the meaning is again. Okay, I mean I found means seven or an oath. Uh, yeah, 
but it was uh, covenant. That's the, that's right. Covenant. covenant. Beersheba being the fact that it it's a covenant, you know, between God and and Israel. At this time, he's making essentially like a new covenant. He's he's saying, "I'm here in Beersheba, and God just said, I'm going to take you into Egypt, and I'm going to bring you back out." Right. In Genesis chapter 26, this is when one of the times when God makes that promise to his grandfather, Abraham? Yeah. Grandfather Abraham? <laughs> I'm trying, trying to think how many generations we're in right now. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Yeah. So, okay. So grandfather Abraham. Do you realize that God came to Israel in order to give him reassurance? That's... God's a personal God. Is it that Israel needed reassurance or was this just a way of God trying to like doubly confirm? Yes. Because at this point, remember he, I, I'm, and maybe, maybe I'm just of the opinion that I think, I think Israel's having a hard time accepting the fact that Jacob, I'm sorry, Joseph is still alive. Right. You know, and I think it's almost like God's coming to him and saying, whoa, 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 calm down. Yes. Go. Yeah. Amen. Susanna. Oh, I just had a thought kind of related the with the Beersheba, like now, or, you know, the name of that, like looking it up, um, that word means seven and covenants, like seven and covenant, which is just crazy because there are seven covenants between God and man throughout the whole Bible. Wow. So it's like, you know, the name of that, you know, he's saying right there, like, oh, there's seven covenants. <laughs> Each covenant has brought us closer to that completion, you know? And um, somebody told me, I don't know if this is true, that the word testament means covenant. Have you heard that? Um, But but I think that that's where it it kind of does Christians harm. I've heard people relay that. Well, because it says, you know, it makes it seem like there's old covenant and new covenant. Correct. Um, But... There's, there's not an old covenant and a new covenant. There's, there's seven covenants that all build upon each other. And at least one, if not two of those covenants haven't even actually been fulfilled yet. They're still just promises. So it's not like there's an old and a new. It's like a, you know, it's all, think, they're all building on top of each other. I think people were saying that because of the, the two, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament, trying to say it's the old covenant and the new covenant in reference to why the old Testament was written to the Jews and how they had to do different things and all this other stuff. And these were the promises over here. And then here's the promises fulfilled here. Right. I know. But in that old covenant, old Testament, all seven covenants are laid out. So it's like, you know, it's just kind of, that's something that man has divided you know, God didn't, you know, write, the writers didn't write Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Testament. You know, that's something that we've put on there with our understanding that kind of makes it seem like there's old and there's new and there's all done. But there's still, you know, promises that are going to be fulfilled, things that are going to be completed. Um, they've all built on top of each other. You know, it's just because just because the new covenant happened doesn't mean that the covenant to Noah saying that the, the rainbow, you know, is a reminder not to flood the world again. That doesn't mean that that one's been tossed aside. And that doesn't mean that anymore. You know, Correct. They all, Amen. They no, I, I agree with covenant. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I once had a pastor tell me, uh, uh, cause he was told during one of his, you know, when he was doing his pastoral ship and during learning about, you know, all this stuff in Greek and Hebrew and all that. Other stuff. And one of his teachers said, 
you just need to rip out that part of the Bible that says New Testament. It's all the same Testament. <laughs> like it's the same um, covenant that God made. I actually did. I don't have that in my Bible. <gasps> <laughs> I couldn't. No, okay. 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 Oh, see if I can show you guys. I don't, know. So I don't think I can, but. I actually, I folded mine. <laughs> I felt it was like sacrilegious to like rip oh, it out. I'm so like, funny. oh no, I can't do it. See, like, so funny. I, I just, I folded it. <laughs> just make it go oh, away. No, no, I, right, make it go away. It, 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 it shouldn't be in there. It shouldn't be in there. You're right. It, sh it really shouldn't be there. But, okay, guys, uh, let go ahead and start up. Uh, where were you? Eight? And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanuk and Falu and Hezron and Camri. And if I say any of these names wrong, I'm sorry, but they're old names. <laughs> okay. And the sons of Simeon, Jemuel, and Jamin, <laughs> and Ohad, and Jachin, and Zahor, and Sul, the son of... Uh, Ken, wow. A Canaanish woman. And the sons of Levi, Goshen and Koath and Marai. And the sons of Judah, Er and Omen and Selah and Perez and Zarah and Ur, or but Ur. And Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Perez and were Horizon and Humuel. And the sons of Iskar, Tola and Fuva and Job and Sirmion and the sons of Zubin, Sered and Elon and Zahil. These are the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Pandamaran and his daughter D Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were 30 and three. What a wonderful number. And the sons of Gad, Zisan and Haggai and Sunan and Ezban, Eri and Aradine, I'm sorry, Aradai and Ariel, and the son of Asher, Jima and Ish, yeah, okay, Isha, and Izu and Bera and Sarah, their sister, and the sons of Bera, Heber and Michthel. These are the sons of Zeth. Fath and Laban gave to Leah his daughter, and she bare unto Jacob even sixteen souls. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph and Benjamin. And unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which as Anessa, the daughter of uh, Potipharah, priest, and Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And the sons of Benjamin were Bela and Becher and Eshbal, Gera. Na Naaman, Ehi, and Rosh, Mufram, and Epim, and Erod. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born unto Jacob. All the souls were fourteen. And the sons of Dan, Husim, and the sons of Naphtai, Jaziel, and Gwyn, and Jazir, and Shalim. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel his daughter. And she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. And all the souls that came with Jacob unto Egypt, which came out of the loins besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. And the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. And all the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten. 
Okay, so that's 70 people moving here. Yeah, does anyone uh, think that it's weird that Joseph married the priest's daughter? Like the priest like the priest of On, like that city, I feel like it was also called like Heliopolis or something. It was like the headquarters of sun god worship. But he was a priest for that. And then the daughter, like her name, Asenath, literally means belonging to Naith, which was another Egyptian goddess. So it's like he's marrying a woman whose name means I belong to a pagan Egyptian goddess. It just seems kind of crazy. I, I actually, that we, we kind of talked about this earlier, and but I'm glad you're going deep into this because uh, the reason why, and at least a lot of biblical scholars, at least from my research, because I, I, I was wondering the same thing. Why would he marry basically a daughter of the priest of An? And An was, like you said, the capital um, and the, the name of the city you, you mentioned was Helios, wasn't it? Helios, Heliopolis, Heliopolis <laughs> which comes from our root word, which is Helios, which means sun. Heli- right. Yeah. Okay. So it was the, the root of sun worship or Ra worship. But here's the thing. A lot of scholars have dived into this and I, I was diving into it. I'm like, what is going on? Why would Joseph do this? He was actually, a lot of people believe that he was assigned this wife. Like he was told, hey, we're going to give you this woman. This woman is one of the most renowned women, like unmarried women, because right now you are vice pharaoh. You can't just marry anybody. It's kind of like you're you're like the super movie star type thing. You have to marry into somebody who's also influential. And so that's why a lot of people don't believe that he actually like got to choose his wife. He was like kind of set in that situation and he was kind of stuck with it. Right. Yeah. I just like, I don't know if I buy that because yeah. I mean, it seems like, seems like throughout scripture, like marrying, you know, pagan women is such a huge no, no. And he's so like, Oh, I can't do this. This will offend God. I can't do this. This will offend God. But then he did this just so he could have like a higher status, you know? No, I'm I mean, not saying that he married. I'm saying that Pharaoh gave him like, okay. like he, he was forced to marry this woman. Not like he chose this woman. Do, do you understand what I mean? Like, they yeah. were the ones that made this happen. For him to actually hold that stature, that's the only way it happens. Because that's the reason why she was actually married to him. It's the only well, reason I why. I wonder if um, she respected, you know, his God too. Like, I wonder if she kind of ended up converting. Ha! Yes, I love your thought process, Susanna. I'm I was thinking the same thing. I'm wondering if because of his testimony, she right. was like Ruth and was like, "You know what? Your God is now my God. I might have been named this, but I I'm willing to be your wife." And right. because of her stature and because of who she was, she could be his wife. You know, but being around that and me personally, I, I honestly, it's not in scripture. So this is all personal input, right. <laughs> um, even theology and the, you know, theologians and all that. Again, let God be true and every man a liar. I'm sorry. This part of it here is, is more speculation on our part, but it, we can do that. We can speculate based on different well, things, but I, I, I feel personally like, think um, this illustrates, especially with this whole metaphor we've been talking about this whole time that Joseph is a metaphor, like a, a shadow, foreshadow of Jesus, right? Like a parallel almost. Like yes. a parallel. So, and Jesus says, you know, he's coming, like he, 
he's here for the sinners, right? That's kind of who he's going after so that they'll repent. So it's interesting that Joseph is given the bride that's the most pagan of pagans. So that like, so I'm just assuming that she has to have, you know, then given herself over to the one true God. And it's that illustration of what we are. We were pagans and horrible people, but he loved us anyways. And then we, you know. That is a beautiful parallel. But Amen. And check, check this out. If we go back to 41, you're talking about her name meaning something, obviously something fairly pagan here. Okay, so check this out. His, the names of his sons, though, were Manasseh, which means, for God has made me forget my toil. And Ephraim, which means, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Even the names of his children bring honor to God and, and, and bless the Lord. Like, I love how Susanna that, said that was beautiful. exactly how yeah. God God came to seek and save that which is lost. And he was there in that city and in that Egypt, we consider Egypt the world in a lot of references in the Bible. And so he was in the middle of the world and the God gave and, him yeah, fruit. He was right? able to be fruitful. And in doing so, he's got this wife. And I I fully agree. I, I personally think, yes, it might have been some form of arranged marriage, but I believe he had enough power and authority to say, no, I don't want to marry that person, but I wouldn't mind marrying her. And because of the situation, they were like, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying that 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 was just what some scholars right, believed was, because of the situ- the whole situation right. is 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 rough. Uh, did anybody else notice? If I can bring this up, no, you can't. Okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> did, did anybody notice that no one, when it comes to Jacob, so this is talking about Jacob. So we just went through all these names, right? And all of the people that are leaving, some of his daughters' names were even mentioned, and all of his sons. There's only one person that was mentioned as his wife, Rachel. All the rest of them say something to the effect of... He was given. Yeah. No, no. It, say, it says like uh, Jacob, and, Jacob and Leah, who are... No, actually it says who were born to Leah, blah, 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 blah. And who were born to so-and-so, yada, 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 yada. And, but it actually one reference here says the wife of Jacob, Rachel. I just... It's, it's just interesting that Rachel, and I don't know if it's just because Rachel was the wife that was promised. She was the promised wife. Okay. So, but was it because of the favoritism he had, or was this something that God was really pointing out saying, listen, she was actually the official wife uh, or was supposed to be, I should say the, the official wife of Jacob. I'm going favoritism. Favoritism? Yeah. Okay, we got a favoritism. favoritism. Because <laughs> if you think about it, he actually did all this for her, but got kind of swindled. Right. And so, like, it's still, hey, that's the one I wanted. This is the one I paid for. That's mine. Well, just so you guys know, it's verse uh, 19. It's, and I just want to read it so anybody listening can kind of get a grasp on this. Uh, the sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, were Joseph and Benjamin. Did you have something, Susanna? You, you started saying something. Yeah, this is kind of a tangent and take it with a grain of salt. But it's always made me really sad, you know, how he just doesn't seem like he loves Leah. You know, he loves Rachel. But um, in the book of Jubilees, which is why you just take it with a grain of salt, um, it says that after Rachel dies, you know, that he he really like turns to Leah and he loves Leah all the days of his life, like for the rest of his oh, life. Oh, does and it? I'm like, 
I hope that's true. Like, I hope that Leah can have a little bit of like being the the prize possession there. <laughs> okay, so was that book just so we have perfect transparency? Was that part of the apocrypha? Yes. Yes. Okay. We have 70 people going to Egypt, officially moving to Goshen. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph and to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came unto the land of Goshen. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen and present himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. And Joseph said unto his brethren and under his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me, and all, sorry, and the men are shepherds for their trade hath been to feed cattle and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have and it shall come to pass when pharaoh shall call you and shall say what is your occupation that ye shall say thy servants trade hath been about cattle for from our youth even until now both we and also our fathers that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Okay, I love that. Yeah, that okay, that is so much fun. Did uh, you guys see? Okay, so so like verse 28. Okay, so I see Jacob going, <laughs> hey, Judah, 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 go on ahead and tell Joseph we're coming. <laughs> but I find it interesting. Like, look at this, look at this. So he, he sends him ahead, wants to head over to Goshen. So do you see this parallel of who... Jacob sent? Yeah. Who did he send? Judah. Who is the one of the ancestors of the bloodline of Jesus? It was Judah. Do you guys see this parallel of the one who is sent ahead for the because this if I can say this, this is the salvation of God's people. This is the salvation because it, otherwise all these people are, they're going to starve to death. Right. This is their only chance to survive this famine that's coming because they're only two years into the famine. So I just, I just want to point out that the one who is the bloodline of Jesus himself is sent ahead. And one, one last kind of point, and I, this is an easy one, just to emphasize how far they're traveling. They're traveling at least 200 miles to get to Goshen. I, I looked it up. And by the way, they, there was no specific place of where they were staying at. It's just, I just put in Israel. All right. I, I get excited about this part of it too. Okay. He specifically made it clear. You are to tell them you're shepherds because they hate shepherds. <laughs> what is the world not like? They don't like preachers. They're the under shepherds. Of the flock of, of Christ. The flock of Christ. This is an example of you're not supposed to go into the world. You're supposed to be separated from it. They went to Goshen. They didn't go into Egypt itself. They went to Goshen. And you're supposed to stay there. Don't don't go over here into Egypt. And by the way, you need to make sure you tell them that you're shepherds because they don't like shepherds. And I love how he basically specified and said using those words is just so amazing because if you look at the rest of the Bible and you see where shepherds are used, 
it, it just one one like two verses here it lays out where you're supposed to be separated as a christian the world's not going to like you and you know god's going to bless you no matter what okay so okay going off of this of of the he he specifically says okay so uh, they don't like they don't like shepherds okay wasn't egypt a farming i wonder if it wasn't um, herdsmen or, or, or shepherds that they didn't like. I wonder if it's nomadic shepherds because that's, that's what exactly I mean. what they did. They were nomadic people. They were not, they didn't stick around in one spot. They would <laughs> they go to one spot because, well, quite frankly, the, the grass was gone now and now they got to go 10 miles this way. Grass yes. is gone now. They got to go 10 miles this way. Right. And um, Egypt was not, they were not nomadic. They were settled. Yes. So I wonder if, it, if it's so. that, if they were like exactly what you just said, I think you described it perfectly. I wonder if it's, if they were like, no, you guys ate my lawn last week. <laughs> right. Absolutely like, I, not. I just fixed that. What are you, <laughs> cows just ruined it all. <laughs> you know what's get funny? Get off my lawn. Yeah, get off my grass. <laughs> the funny part is you actually brought up the wild west. Yeah. You know what's, you know, the best part of that is. You know what they used in the Wild West to actually travel most of the time? Cowboys did? Camels. So look it up. Yeah, a lot look of it up. Did yeah. they? Look it yeah. up. That's yes. cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, I did not know. <laughs> no, oh, come on, Sully. You had a chance. You were supposed oh, to start with, did you know? You could have did it. Man. Start over. Start, start over. over. We're recording. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I got it. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a good one. I'm gonna have to look that one up. That was, that's well, good. I was gonna say, even if they don't use the farms for the not the farms, the cows for farming, uh, for eating, they could use them for farming. Like, if you have seven thin cows, they're not gonna be able to push the plows. Oh, as well that's as a good the point too. Right, fat ones. Just to get this straight, so is this? 70 people and all of their cows yeah that would be so hard to travel with i can barely travel with just me and caleb right and by the way the the 200 miles guys that i just gave you anna you're, you're talking about traveling with all these animals and stuff the 200 miles i gave you was the middle of israel we don't actually know exactly where they were they traveled yes to beersheba but we don't know where they were before that so they could, it could be more than 200 miles. And if you're talking about moving with the cattle, that's going to be Plus slow. setting up tent, cooking a meal, and actually rounding up all the, the animals. Yeah. So you're looking at a hard, hard day's work at traveling probably close to... How many miles a day? I'm going to go with 20. Oh, and then they're also traveling at night also. So then the fact that yeah, the sun's not killing them. Oh, yeah, actually, that, that might be a good point. And they can also navigate better. Because, so, because the sun compass only lasts only a little bit, and you got to move <laughs> forward. So it, need, needless to say, it probably took them some time. We don't know oh, exactly yeah. how long, but 200 miles going as fast as the slowest sheep. So, okay, so so let's continue on. The slowest Unless sheep got has eight, okay? Don't <laughs> even go there with me. <laughs> Now, hold on, everybody. Part two and the completion of Welcome Home in Genesis chapter 46 and 47 will conclude next week. So join us then. And as always, we love you.